Well, hey guys, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's right here working in our mess. Just like Romans 8, 28 says, God works all things, the good, the bad, the ugly, all things together for our good and His ultimate purposes. We can trust Him even when we can't make perfect sense of what's going on around us. So I am Jen Jewell, the host of this podcast, which airs a brand new episode every other Tuesday. We're also partnered with the women of my church, Life Church, because everything is better together. But wherever you are, whatever city, state, country, circumstance, whatever church you might belong to, we are united by the one who made us, the one who sustains us. And so honestly, this is simply a chance for us to gather together and get a glimpse beyond the highlight reel of social media, to listen, to hear, to allow the stories of down-to-earth women to encourage us in our own trenches and also remind us of the truth. These women I interview are living their lives, not perfectly, but wholeheartedly surrendered to God's plan, knowing that His ways are even higher than our ways. And there's so much wisdom to be gained just by listening. So as you know, Thanksgiving is officially over, which means Christmas is right around the very next corner, y'all. Even just saying that out loud makes me kind of excited and also a little panicked because we all know how much craziness can come with the holidays. But I have some really great news for you and for me and you get to be the first to know, this Saturday, December 1st, The Messy Table Podcast is releasing a five-day Bible plan on the YouVersion Bible app called Remembering Christmas. And the goal is to intentionally make room with our minds, relationships, time, bodies, resources, to slow down and remember the actual purpose of Christmas. This plan will help us make room when sometimes it feels like there's no room to give. And some amazing gals who have already been on the podcast contributed to this plan Cindy Beal, Davina Bress, Ashley Armstrong, Andrew Pinkston, and myself. Again, it comes out this Saturday, kicking off December, but you might want to go to jenjewel.com today and get on my email list if you're not already, and then you'll get a message from me on Saturday morning when it's live. All right, well, my guest for today is such a great friend. She's wise, she's humble, she's servant-hearted, and she has been one of the biggest prayer warriors for this podcast since the day I went out on a limb and trusted that God had put this little idea in my heart. She literally set an alarm on Mondays to pray and would text me and let me know she was praying for God to use this little offering we were making, and I'm just so grateful for her friendship and wise counsel. So Andra Pinkston is a pastor's wife and mom of three growing boys. She also works from home as a CPA and is a homeschooling mom and serves with her husband in ministry. So she does all the things, which is why we're talking about avoiding burnout in our busy everyday lives and also about her and her husband's journey to finding financial freedom. I know we all want freedom, especially in that area. So she's sharing her personal insight and tips which are super helpful and great to keep in mind, especially as we head into the holidays. We're also talking about how to cultivate a meaningful Christmas without breaking the bank. So guys, this episode is exactly what I need as the holidays creep in, and we pray it'll be a blessing for you too. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join us at the messy table. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to The Messy Table. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. We've been talking about this for a while. We have. And we've rescheduled it a we couple have. of times. <laughs> We're finally doing it. We are finally doing and it. And you just had to drive about 30 seconds to I get did. here. It was a long commute. It was <laughs> a long commute. I think I passed one car, but yeah. For those listening, we are kind of neighbors. We don't actually have many close neighbors because we live on two acres, but Andra lives. It's a neighborhood close to us, but it's a small 
It is. Little yeah. leg of the neighborhood. You actually are surrounded by woods on like three sides, we right? We are. Yeah. We kind of feel like we're in the country, but not in the country. Yeah. And, and so anyway, we love to bike to your house. And we love for you too. And my kids have actually started saying, can we bike to Colin Logan's so that we can have a snack? And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is very telling of what happens when we come over there. You feed us dinner or a snack well, or something. I, I don't know if I'd go so far as dinner. It's happened We've had, well, several it times. Happened, at least twice. But we were already eating. Right. But we love for you to come over. Uh, we're the crazy people that just show up. But Okay, well, will you kick us off? We want to know all the details of your life or at least the highlights. Yes. Um, well, my name is Andrew Pinkston, and I um, am married to Greg Pinkston. We celebrated 15 years of marriage this past spring. 15. 15, yeah. 15 years later, here we are. We have three boys. Cole's 11, Logan is 8, and Lucas is 2. Mm, I can't uh, believe he is already 2. I can't believe he's already 2. I mean, he is Sweet boy. actually almost 3, which is crazy. I remember when you were trying to decide if you were going to have a third or not, and then there he was. He was. Yeah, he was. We um, call him our 40th birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a huge surprise. But yeah, he's brought so much joy into our lives that we just obviously can't imagine life without him. Mm -hmm. But um, he is hitting the threes. So we've kind of weathered the twos. And so now I think we're hitting the threes. So he'll be three in a few weeks. So right now we're in the stage where he tells me while he's doing something that he's not actually doing it. Mm. So he'll say, I'm not doing it. I'm like, but you are. I see you. (laughs) I'm not hitting my brother. Right. (laughs) But you are. But they're great. So our oldest I guess I should back up. We homeschool, so we spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. Cole is super studious and loves to bake. So he just made his own birthday cake. And it was better than anything I've ever baked in my birthday. life. <laughs> it was, I was impressed by... Does he watch the chef shows? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So we, he was um, Guy Fieri. Yeah. Fieri. Fieri. I don't how know how you say, say it. it. Uh-huh. You say it fancy, I guess. But um, that's who he was for Halloween. Mm. But yeah, so he made his own birthday cake, and then his little best buddy asked, um, his mom asked if he would make his birthday cake. <gasps> no way. Yeah, and so like a couple of days later, the birthdays are really close together. So she asked, and so he's now launched his own business. That's awesome. So he has a logo now that he put on his he little does. cake boxes, and yeah. Did you guys help in. him come up with it, or did he come um, up with it? Greg helped him. Yeah, Greg's the techie one. He is. And so he like you need a logo. Here logo you go. And yeah, that's so great. So he's so excited about his new business that he's launching. He made a flyer the other day. So if you okay. get one on your door for Cole's, we cakes, will probably need a cake for something. Well, no pressure, but <laughs> he'll probably ask you at some point. So that's Cole. Logan is our middle child. He is all sports. He started baseball this year, and he is all in practices every single day. Um, every day. Every day. Yeah, he is. Oh, and when I say practice, I mean like he's practicing in our backyard. Sorry, that wasn't clear. Well, I was like, yeah. every day? No, we don't practice every day. I, wow. I can, now, during baseball season, it, when they both are playing, right. I think I last spring, I think I sat down and realized that we had eight baseball events in our seven-day week. Yeah. So, you know, obviously we had two on, on certain days. But right. Okay, so he just practices. He just in your practices backyard in our backyard. Every that does yeah, make sorry, me feel a little better. Clear. Well, I just started sweating a little thinking this is what's coming for me. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a choice. Yeah. So anyway, Logan's our sports um, kid. He just has really taken to it and will be out in, early in the morning um, in the backyard playing, which is so fun to see him do something that he's truly excited about. Um, and we also call it recess since we homeschool. You know, right. I'm like, hey. 
That's recess. Time for recess. Go outside and play. <laughs> um, and then obviously Lucas is our little guy. Yeah. He's super sweet. And the, the boys are great with him. And it's just been fun to watch that dynamic because there is five and a half years um, age gap between Logan, mm-hmm. our middle, and our youngest. And just to see them watch Lucas grow up and mm-hmm. see his milestones and just see them just be sweet. They're not sweet all the time, but the moments that they are is super, it's super yeah. special. So that's our kids. Um, so Greg, my husband, works um, at Life Church. He's a pastor at one of our campuses here, and he just celebrated ten years, which the two oh, of you awesome. used to work together. Yes, I was thinking it was. I was thinking it was around ten years ago. So that confirms it. Yeah, we were on staff together when we launched the South Tulsa campus, which is in Bixby, Oklahoma. Yes, Bixby, America. Yes. So yeah, so fun. So that's when we met. It was. So ten, So it's our 10-year anniversary. anniversary. We should. Funny story. I don't think we I've should have told cake. you this. We should have cake. Cole should make us a cake. He should make. That's his. I'll pay for him to make okay. us a cake for our anniversary. Okay. Our friendship anniversary. Yeah, we'll do that next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the first few days, I can remember when Greg was on, just first started on staff, because you were already mm-hmm. um, a part of the team. Right. And I remember him coming home and telling me, he's like, you need to meet this girl that I work with. And he just is like, she's so nice. And she reminds me a lot of you. And I think y'all would be great friends. I think he was telling me the same thing. You was need he? my wife. He was trying to set us up. He was. And, yeah. And it worked. It did work. He succeeded. And Matchmaker so Greg. He did. So I still remember those days. I know. Ever met. Well, when the kids were babies... Because Cole is a year older than Hallie. And so you were about a year ahead of me as far as milestones with our kids. And so I was always looking to you. And I think you filtered a lot of my random questions that I had about car seats, nursing. And I actually remember very specifically getting to the point with Hallie where, you know, I was prepared for nursing. And then I was prepared for oatmeal and baby food and all the little things that you start. And then I was so unprepared for the point where they're not ready for like big chunks of regular food yet, but they're ready for more than baby food. So it's like soft, tiny, itty bitty pieces of food, which is like the death of me because you're cutting blueberries (laughs) into like 16 pieces and it's just crazy. Anyway, I remember telling you this, like the kind of panicking. I wasn't ready for this. What do I do? And you sent me, I'm pretty sure a PDF file, like a list of (laughs) here are some foods that I found were great. And I remember you were like, you know, the steamable bags of peas are great because oh, they don't, you don't have to cut anything. Uh, you told me that the jars of carrots, that they're already pre-cooked and pre- Yes, pre-cut. Cut. Yeah. Glory. It is. Amazing. And yeah. then I remember you saying, even a grilled cheese, you can make it, let it cool, cut it into a bunch of pieces, and then just have that for a few days. Yes. And you saved my life. Oh, my goodness. So well, thank I'm you. So glad. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't remember because, you know, there's this, such a fog. Like, yes. you just live yes. in such a fog. You do. And I was probably just thinking we just need to feed our babies kind of mm-hmm. thought. And mm-hmm. so I'm glad it helped. But it I'm not surprised it was a PDF. I kind of live in I know. documents. So. I love it because you are also a working mama. You work from home. I don't know. I do. You haven't said that yet, have you? I don't think so. Yeah. So I am a CPA. Uh, goodness, 20 years. Coming up on my 20 mm. years since I... Does that make you feel old? Um, You're uh, not old. That's not what I meant. Well, no, but (laughs) 20 years. Anything that's 20 years. That's a milestone. Yeah. So, yeah, so 20 years. Um, And I do work from home. I worked in the um, corporate world for about 10 years Mm -hmm. until our oldest came along. And I kind of always had this passion and dream to work at home and work 
for myself, for lack of better words. And so I was able to do that as soon as Cole was born and stepped out of the corporate world. And it is super part-time now because I also homeschool. So I kind of forget at times that I still have work to do. It seems like you get busy around the first of the year through April. Yeah. So January through April is a pretty busy time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the boys are starting to learn that that's when mama is working. And so I think they think, hey, we don't really have to do school as much. So <laughs> it's like their summer. So it's kind of their time summer. off. Yeah. yeah. So um, I've always wondered, how do you practically do that? Like, do you work mostly like when Lucas is napping? Do you just say, hey, you guys need to do these worksheets? Do you put on a show? Do you send them to the backyard? Like, mm-hmm. how do you, when you have to work? Right. Or do you have work days? I know your mom comes over sometimes. She does. Yeah. We, um, she's a huge help. All four of our parents are huge help um, with our kids. But um, really all of the above, what you mentioned, um, each day looks different. I, mm-hmm. I'm not one that has scheduled work days because um, my client needs vary. So there's really not a predictable schedule mm-hmm. um, for me to work with. So I do try to use nap times. Um, poor Lucas. I feel like he probably sits and watches TV quite a bit. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, But, you know, there's no shame in putting on Paw Patrol. Right. And, I like Paw Patrol. You get, I mean, if you if it's the movie Paw Patrol, that's an hour. At least we're out of the Barney face, right. you know? Like, yes. Paw Patrol is a lot better Paw than Patrol, that. Paw Patrol, yeah. Team Umizumi. I mean, there's a lot of educational stuff that's happening now. Wildcrats is our favorite. And, um, we do like Wildcrats with all the animals. Well, something that's come up several times lately to me is the question, how do you avoid burnout? And so I'd love to hear your answer because you're raising three boys, you're homeschooling three boys, you work from home, you jump in with your husband in ministry, and you still manage to cook for your crazy neighbors who show up randomly. (laughs) Um, You know, I think it's when you're doing something you love, mm -hmm. I think burnout becomes a different, it's just a different perspective. We're all going to burn out, even things that we love, that we spend our time doing. We're going to experience burnout um, because, you know, we have human bodies and they're going to get tired. And when I think about burnout, I think about, you know, what an opportunity for us to really reach out and allow God just to restore our weariness. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he designed us that way because he knew that there would be times that we would feel really self-sufficient. I know that that's something that I've struggled with most of my, probably most of my life, but really aware of it more in my adult life is that I tend to be wanting to be very self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, but God has designed us to need him. Yeah. And so when we experience those burnout times, I think that's just a reminder of we have to stop and connect to the source mm-hmm. and just allow God to refresh and renew the passion of whatever we're doing. So if it's raising kids, you know, I'm I'm homeschooling and there are certainly days that, man, that's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are times I just want to break from the kids and identifying that I it's okay to take those breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, our, our parents help us a lot. Greg is so good about allowing me a chance to, to get together with other moms and our friends. And so just really identifying those times that you need it, but mm-hmm. realizing that really that God designed us designed us to need him. Right. And when we can sit back and kind of take stock of what has led to the burnout, for me, it's always I'm just being too self-sufficient. Mm. It's been more about me doing than allowing God to do his work through me. Mm-hmm. I don't do it all. Um, I have to identify what my boundaries are, what my limits are, and ask for Yeah, boundaries is a good point. Yeah. 
because everything bleeds over. Since I am home all the time, everything yes. bleeds over. Right. So I've got, you know, you I've can't got Logan. anything. Right. So I've got Logan, our middle child, who's coming to me and saying, Mommy, I need to read you my reading assignment today. And he's just learning to read and he's struggling with the words. And I've got a client email that, that they're waiting on my response to. And, and I feel myself saying, oh, just the word is when, it's when, you know, WH is the wh sound and, mm -hmm. you know, trying to pull that out of him mm -hmm. while I know that I'm being pulled in a different direction. And so when things start to bleed over, um, that can cause me stress. Mm -hmm. And so I have to take a step back and say, okay, for this next five minutes, I'm going to focus on what Logan needs me to do. Mm -hmm. And when I'm through and, and where he feels like we've completed whatever he um, is working on with his school or whatever it is, then I can say, okay, for the next five minutes, 10 minutes, I'm going to work on this client. Um, mm -hmm. email. But still setting those boundaries, even if it's five minutes, that's a boundary that you're protecting that five minutes and you're going to focus on that one thing. That's good. So in that five minutes, I'm setting a boundary to focus on Logan. You can set different boundaries throughout the day. It doesn't have to look like, okay, well, this is the way it always is. Because right. the truth is you're going to have to have flexibility right. <laughs> in yeah. what you do. Right. And if you don't, I think I would go crazy for mm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, I like what you were talking about, how God has designed some built-in things to remind us that we can't be self-sufficient. Right. I think one of those things is even just the basic way our bodies work that we don't necessarily kind of zoom out and think, why did God design it this way? But even just the fact that we need food multiple times a day and water constantly and sleep, right. you know, at the end of the day, okay, I need you to go to sleep. <laughs> like, and, and I guess what? I'm still God, even when you sleep. Right. Yeah. I remember a time Cole had just celebrated his first birthday and I had what I guess was a panic attack mm. from just, um, <laughs> stress. I don't know if it was stress of his birthday. I think it was just that whole Trying first year. Control. Yeah. It was that whole first year of his life. You know, the whole new, I'm a new mom and I have this new at home business and a lot of changes in life. And my tendency, my personality was that I, I'm going to do it all. And so I had, during that season of my life, had really disconnected from God for him to be the rest that I needed. Mm -hmm. And so it was the weekend of his first birthday party. Middle of the night, I wake up and I'm pretty sure, first of all, I think I'm having a heart attack. So I Google, obviously, which is always the right Would choice. Would you Google? I think I'm having I'm a having, heart attack. I think I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> like my arm is numb and all the signs that I thought, okay, I'm having a heart attack. And so obviously when I Googled it, I was probably about to die because that's what it told me right on the yeah. <laughs> there. and so I woke Greg up and said I don't know what's wrong with me but something's not right here's what I've googled like showing him on here mm -hmm. this is what it's saying um so anyway I ended up going to the hospital that night because we called the ambulance because I really didn't know what was wrong which also led to a funny story that Greg turned off his phone and forgot to come pick me up and it was <laughs> I mean what? yeah <laughs> Greg Greg, so it was like when the new iPhones came out in the whole airplane mode. Yeah. He had turned it on airplane mode thinking, I don't know, he could tell the story better. But like thinking he could, I could still call him because he couldn't come with me because Cole's a year old. He's yeah. asleep in the middle of, you yeah. know, it's the middle of the night. He's so you took crib. yourself even though you were having a heart well, attack. Well, we called the ambulance. So the ambulance <laughs> oh, okay. took me and I think the paramedics, they were so nice. But I think they could tell pretty quickly. This is just a stressed out mom, probably. <laughs> and so... Um, they tried to calm, you know, like to help just, they would ask me questions. They were so great. But when we, I got to the hospital, they just said, well, why don't you just wait in the waiting room for a little bit? So that's kind of when I knew I'm probably not dying if mm -hmm. they told me to go wait in the waiting room. So I waited all night and Greg had turned his phone off mm. and I started calling when I, I determined I was going to check myself out of the hospital. I was at that point realized I wasn't going to die. Greg had turned his phone off. I'd called him like 15 times. Um, anyway, I end up calling a cab, and the cab takes me home. 
I have no sho- I have no shoes. Mm. I have no money. Oh, Greg, so empathetic. I know. I have no money to even pay. What a did cab. he say? Well, first so, of all, when you got home, were you angry or were you just like, what happened? I was confused. I was like, why wouldn't he answer my call? His wife is in the hospital. Yeah. Why wouldn't he answer my call? Oh, I would have I mean, more words than that. I think. Well. <laughs> So he comes out, I think at one point, actually, like he flipped his phone on in the morning because it's like five in the morning now. He flipped his phone on it and it had like, you know, 15 messages pop up for me. And I think he immediately knew at that point. Uh Oh, something, something happened. Something's happened. So he was he was he felt so bad. But it's a funny story that we get to tell now. Yep. But anyway, I had no shoes. on. I'm sure that the cab driver was like, <laughs> what in the world? I'm picking her up from the emergency room, you know, and she doesn't pants. have any family. She, no. And she tells me I have no money. But I promise you, if you take me home i will pay you <laughs> or somebody will pay you. so anyway anyway know, long I story how i've never heard this story even, me either uh, i'm surprised that yeah uh, we haven't shared that before but i don't even know why i was telling that story oh the reason i was telling that story was it ended up being a reminder to me that i was stressing myself yeah. out because i was trying to do it all on my own and God just hasn't, he just didn't design us that way. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a struggle my whole life. So if I were to tell myself now things that I need to learn, it's still that same, it's still that same lesson. And mm-hmm. I go through seasons where I have to just take a step back and mm-hmm. realize. And that's a hard thing for me is realizing enough I need to take a step back. And the hard thing for me is when there is so many things on my plate or to-do list, how do I actually force myself to say no, to take things off the list, to, because a lot of the time I just try to power through right. and think, well, I'll get it done. I'll just make it on a few hours of sleep <laughs> and then catch up later, mm-hmm. you know, but then it can snowball into other issues like what you're talking about. Yeah. So that's a hard thing. Yeah. Don't end up in the hospital. Like right. I said. Okay. <laughs> so what are some things that you kind of put into effect to make sure you don't get there again? Yeah. I think it's being able to say no. And like you said, that's a hard thing because I think a lot of times that we want to power through and and there's so many fun things that can be opportunities for you and just stuff that you don't want to miss out on mm-hmm. you know that's a struggle that I have is I don't want to miss out mm-hmm. and but being able to say no and I think as the years have gone on um Greg helps me with that so much you know he's he's really my accountability in that area is he'll say you know look what you have going on and mm-hmm. he'll start listing out you know, this is what your week looks like. Um, I, you know, this is a great opportunity, but is this really something that you mm-hmm. have time for and that right. you have margin for? Um, and he's he's just really good at reminding me of that. So, I would say being able to say no. You know, we've missed out on weddings and mm-hmm. baby showers and of people that we love, but you know, for whatever season we were in at that time, mm-hmm. um, we would be sacrificing our family. Right. And so we have to make those choices. That's so good. And, you know, not that everyone has to understand the why, Yeah. but I think oftentimes if we're just honest about our why behind it, then mm-hmm. we kind of let people in and they not only see like, okay, that totally makes sense, but also, hmm, I should set some of those boundaries in my own life just right. recently. Um, I was asked to do a specific thing and I just was really honest and just tried to say, you know, it was on a Saturday and just tried to say that at this season in our life with young kids and they're in school and my husband's a pastor and, you know, Saturdays are for the most part our family day. And so if we don't block that time off, it just is really difficult. And at nights, of course, there's homework and now sports and different things. And so I just said, you know, I would love to do this, but I just, we have committed to saying no to things like this on Saturdays. Um, not because I don't want to, but because if I don't set boundaries around 
family time, then it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And this particular person was so gracious and was just like, because it was it was a thing that would have been awesome. You know, so I think sometimes if we're just honest, then people yeah. understand too. Well, I love what you said about it helps other, it almost gives permission to mm-hmm. others to do the same. Because I can remember um, when you guys were launching, I think one of the, maybe the Broken Arrow campus. Mm-hmm. And I remember us having a conversation very similar to that, how you, um, it was obviously a very season, busy season in your life. I think you were about to have Jack and yes, a lot going on. Well, that week that we launched the Broken Arrow Campus, so that would have been, we're coming up on seven years. Yeah. That week we um, opened the campus, the new church on yeah. Sunday. Jack was born on Thursday. And then my um, grandpa actually passed away on Friday, which, so it was, everything kind of came full circle. So yes, it was a wild week. Yeah. Well, and, you, and, and it was a season where you didn't have a lot of extra time, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But I remember us having a conversation where you said, you know, I, we have to be intentional at blocking time for ourselves. As hard as it is, even in the season, mm-hmm. we set aside, whether it's Friday night or Saturday morning or whatever it is um, at the time. And I just remember thinking that was so encouraging to me because we all go through busy seasons. Um, and sometimes I feel like we're the only ones mm-hmm. or that somebody won't understand or, or whatever it is. But I think when we make those choices, we allow others to do the same. And that's what it did for Mm -hmm. me when we had that conversation so many years ago. Yeah. But I think it's okay to say, I already have plans. I already have a commitment that night. Even if the commitment is your family, that's still a huge commitment that you need to stick with. And, you know, I think we we almost apologize. Like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm just staying home with my family or whatever. But there is no just to that. I mean, there are, Mm -hmm. there certainly are priority and God has designed us in that way too. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I want to switch gears a little bit. Early on in your marriage, you guys decided to pursue financial freedom. And so I want to get in your head a little bit because I think this would be so helpful to all of us listening. What led you, first of all, to make that decision? Um, Well, we were about three months into being married 15 years ago. And, you know, we didn't start out our marriage saying we're going to pursue our finances a certain way or and we'd had some conversations about it, but it wasn't like something that, okay, you know, as soon as we get married, we're going to start doing these steps. But um, our pastor at the time and a mentor um, of ours, actually, it's the father-in-law of one of your previous guests, a friend of ours, um, Ashley Armstrong. That's right. Yeah, That's Ashley right. Armstrong's father-in-law. So, so he, he married you guys, He married right? us, yeah. So he was our pastor for years and has been a mentor in our lives, you know, our entire really our entire marriage. Um, and at the time when you first got married, Greg was in the business world, Greg right? Greg was in the business Tech. world, yes. Yeah, he worked for a software company. Okay. Um, the, so our pastor asked us just if we would consider leading a financial small group at the church. Um, he knew my background and he knew that um, I had a, a finance background and that's a passion of mine. And he knew that Greg loved ministry. So he asked us if we would consider that. And so we did. So you had to consider um, it in your own we life. We <laughs> considered it. Yeah. And so we're like, well, if we're going to be, you know, leading this group, we need to probably figure out what that looks like for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So three months into being married, we're leading this small group for finances and we kind of rope all of our friends into taking it because, you know, it's hard to say, go up to somebody and say, Hey, do you want to take a small group about finances? Right. Because people are often pretty private. About right. Their finances. It's a very, yeah, it's a very private thing. And so, uh, so we kind of roped all our friends in to take the fir- to take the first class with us. But during that class, it was very um, scriptural focused, and so we just really dug into what the Bible had to say about finances. And I mean, immediately God just 
really took hold of both of us Mm -hmm. and said that this is a journey that I want you to be committed to for the next however long it takes. Um, This is not a half-hearted commitment. This is something that I am calling you to. And we both felt it so strongly separately. I remember the night when we started talking to each other about what we really just had these strong um, feelings about what God was calling us to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you when you are both feeling it, you know, that there's no denying that that's God working in your life. Mm -hmm. And so we led this group and part of, you know, part of the process is to pay off debt. And at the time we considered what we had as debt was just, you know, normal debt. We had a car payment or we had a mortgage on our house. So it never really crossed our minds, though, that we should work to pay that off because mm-hmm. um, we kind of viewed ourselves as, hey, we're, we're kind of debt free already. We like we don't have credit card debt. Right. Um, and so we kind of, we were in this mindset of, well, what else do we need to do? Mm-hmm. Like you know, everybody, pretty, yeah, everybody has a car payment and, you know, people have a mortgage. But that was the part that God said, no, I want you to get rid of all of it, which really kind of blew our minds. We're like, what? We, gotta, we have to pay off this house? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a small house, but What did still. you feel like the why was behind what God was saying? You know, I think it was just the trust me. We didn't have a clear picture of what the next years or whatever looked like. I think the why that we were telling ourselves was this is just this is wise. We want to have our financial um, house in order. And obviously God is directing us that way. But we really, I think most of it was just God saying, just trust me. Mm-hmm with this because it seemed um with this part of your life right mm-hmm. yeah and it seemed insurmountable like how do we pay off i think at the time when we sat down and we calculated it was about two hundred thousand dollars when we added the car the one car that we had to still pay on and then our house and you both had decent jobs but we it's did. not like you yeah. were making a ridiculous amount of money right. or anything yeah, like we that were, i mean we're very normal early salaries. in our career mm-hmm. yeah very very normal salaries so this seems like I, I just don't know how this is how this is going to work but we just feel like God's saying, just trust me on this. Mm-hmm. So we started that journey. And I mean, it was date night was five for five at Arby's. I mean, mm. we were all in. I think that's what made a difference for us is that we were both. We were both all in. So the mm-hmm. sacrifices were easier because we were both willing to sacrifice together. Oh, that's good. But yeah, so two and a half years later, um, I had made this spreadsheet at the very beginning. Like, how, how's this going to look like? You and your you know, spreadsheet. My spreadsheet. <laughs> um, but two and a half years later, we paid off. Um, the car and the house. Two and a half years. Two and a half years later. Wow. Um, and so, and I want to be clear that this had nothing to do with our ability. Um, because when I look at it and think, how in the world were we able to do that in two and a half years? We were not. This was completely God's work in our life and he did it. And it just took us taking the next step that he asked us to take. Mm. So I just, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we don't, we kind of hesitate to tell the story because we don't want it to, to sound like it's something that we did. Yeah. Um, because it, it was all God. Right. But during that time, you know, Greg started feeling like he was being called into ministry. He's Mm -hmm. working for the software company, had been there for about 10 years and he's always kind of had that call in his life. And I joke that when we got married that I was not, I, I changed colleges because I didn't want to marry a pastor, um, <laughs> which I didn't marry a pastor. But I didn't marry a pastor I either. Know. What is, what is <laughs> what in the world? I know. Um, God knows. God knows what we needed. But so he had had this call in his life to go into ministry. And so during that time, he just really felt like Life Church was where he needed to be. We had changed churches and he just felt like, I really want to see if I can be on staff at Life Church and just feel like God's calling us into ministry. So he interviewed a few times during those two years that we were in this financial journey. And the answer was no. Hmm. And we're like, well, 
you know, God, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're being obedient to, you know, this financial mm-hmm. journey that we feel like you've called us on. And we feel like this is the direction that you're leading us as a couple, but the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And that was probably three or four times that we um, heard no during that journey. And so um, when I think back on it during the, t- during that time, it was obviously we felt frustration. Um, right. And you know, like we're working really hard. We're eating Arby's, you know, five for five Arby's nights. <laughs> well, and then nights. you think, did we hear you wrong, God? <laughs> right. Yeah. You start questioning. I think that's, you know, the enemy wants mm-hmm. you to question, you know, when we feel like that there's a certain direction that God is calling us in, the enemy's going to want to confuse us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So during that time, it was frustrating and confusing, but we also knew, okay, this is the path that we're continuing on. So we pay our house off in like January, I think, and within a few months, South Tulsa was opening the campus that Greg ended up starting his ministry in. And it all, you know, all those steps led us to a point where when the call of full-time ministry came for him, then we were able to say yes without any hesitation. Mm. And not that, you know, we should. Right. Yeah. Not that that would stop you. Not that that would stop you. But he definitely set you up to where it was an easier yes, maybe. Right. Yeah. And so we were able to look back then and realize, okay, that's what Mm -hmm. God was doing in our life. So cool. So you mentioned some of the sacrifices that your family or especially you and Mm -hmm. Greg made at the time, Arby's. What Mm -hmm. other sacrifices did you make? To put some of that money towards debt. Well, we we lived on a very tight budget. There were times that we would go through the checkout counter at the grocery store and put stuff back because mm-hmm. we it was outside of what we had budgeted for that week for groceries. And so I think it just really just trying to be disciplined was hard for us. That's a sacrifice. It's just mm-hmm. trying to That's stay, so true. Yeah. <laughs> to stay disciplined um, during I mean, that it's time. Discipline for me even now to just put my receipt in my little app that I have just to keep the budget going and updated and know where I am. That's a discipline. Yeah. So that's how, you know, every day it was like, okay, so we will stay focused and we will make each decision, each spending decision that we make, we have to make sure that it's in line with the plan that we feel like that God is leading us towards. So yeah, I can remember a time that a friend of mine, we were out of money in our household budget. So I needed conditioner for my hair Mm. and I was out. And I remember when a friend, out, you're out. yeah, you're out, you're out. And anyway, I remember a friend saying, hey, I've got some samples of some conditioner because she was kind of along our journey with us. I'll send you the samples of conditioner so you can finish out your month and your hair can be soft or whatever. Got provided in the little ways. But some of the things that we did, like we have always been old school when it came to how we handled our finances and, and still to this day, we feel like that that's the best method for us. So we were the envelope system, mm-hmm. carried the cash. the cash around. Yeah. Um, well, then, like you said, when it's gone, it's gone. When it's gone, it's gone. There's and when you need not the risk, you don't yeah. just run your credit card. Right. That's really what we used to get us to a point where we had extra to be able to pay down towards our debt. So we would carry the envelopes into the grocery store. I had them laminated with. Of course you did. Yeah, I had, I had them all laminated because you laminated to, to fall apart. In a Ziploc <clears throat> bag with their spreadsheet. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not a Ziploc bag. I'm sorry. It would have been like a binder. Well, yeah. yeah, I definitely (laughs) had some binders and things. But so, yeah, so we've always just been old school with our finances. And even now today, when we find that there's an area that's out of control, which is mostly eating for us, Mm -hmm. like dining out or groceries, um, we'll go back to just pull out the cash at the first of the month. And um, it's a hard discipline because we just, we don't carry the cash around with us normally. So to be able so to- So you guys do use some cards now. We do now. Yeah. yeah. And I always tell people, you know, you're never tempted to overpay the water company or the 
gas company. Mm -hmm. So pick a category that is an area that you're going to overspend. And for Mm -hmm. us, it's always eating out or or groceries. So that's what we go back to when things start getting off track. That's good. So it's funny how it seems that sometimes our mess later becomes part of our message that God has called us to. And I know you are passionate about helping others find financial freedom so that they can live generously on purpose. Um, So let's do a little crash course. We would love to know just what are some things that you want other people to know that you've learned over the years that you just want to pass along? Um, I think, you know, how we touched on that finances are a very personal thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think I see a lot of times, you know, like you said, I do have just a passion for other people to experience freedom in a way that they can pursue what God has designed them to pursue. Mm -hmm. Um, For some people that feel that they're in a job that they don't feel like that they um, are called to. For some people, they are called to that job and that that's their ministry, but they want to be able to not worry so much about the paycheck and want to be able to focus on, you know, the people in their workplace that Mm -hmm. God has placed for them to minister to. And so being able to remove finances as a burden or a hindrance as people, yeah, as people seek what God's The Bible says that we're a slave to the lender. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't want to be a slave. I don't want to be chained up. Right, right. And so, yeah, talking about that verse, Jesus' sacrifice was too great for us to live an enslaved life. Mm -hmm. And finances is something that I do feel like the enemy uses to Mm -hmm. distract us. So one of the first things when I sit down and talk to people is always asking me, like, if we could remove finances from the equation, what would you do with your days? Like, how would you spend your days? And not that that's a realistic scenario necessarily. I mean, you know, we're obviously going to need something to live on. But it can help you zero in on what do you feel called to and where are finances, like you said, being a burden, getting in the way of what you really want to do. Right. And so it opens up a conversation of what are your passions? Mm -hmm. How could your life look different if we were to alter the financial situation that you're in now? Um, So I I think my passion just comes from wanting to see people just live life as God has called them to live. Mm -hmm. And so after we kind of talk about the question of what would it look like if you removed your finances, for me, the difference that happened when we took that very first course was I needed a heart change before I could make a habit change. Mm -hmm. And so that study was very um, biblically focused. So we were able to, to see all the scripture in the Bible that talks about money And I'm sure people have heard different people say that the Bible talks about money more than really anything else. There's over 2,000 verses in the Bible that relates to money. And you look at Jesus's ministry, you know, he spent three years of his ministry um, here on earth, and he spent more time talking about money than really anything else. Mm -hmm. And so that three is such a short period of time, and he came to Mm -hmm. save us. Mm -hmm. But yet he saw the need and the importance to address this part of our life. Because it's such a part of our life, yeah. Yeah. And so just to be able to get that biblical base Mm -hmm. um, was where I started. And so being able to start there, when we talk about practical steps, is um, just being able to dig into what the Word says about what finances mean in our life. And, you know, John 10.10 talks about the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But the second part of that verse, and we we hear that part of it, we hear both sides of the verse. Right. But oftentimes we don't always put them together. Yeah. And so the second part of the verse is I have come that they may live life and have it to the full. And I think that's what hit me is like when we started our journey 15 years ago, we weren't necessarily thinking, okay, what does our life look like 15 years from now? But now that we're 15 years later, 
I see that Jesus worked in our life to bring mm-hmm. us on a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants us to experience his life to mm-hmm. the fullest. And something that you guys live out that you might not talk about too much is that this isn't just for you. This is so that you can live a generous life so that you can pour into others, help others, not only help them find freedom, but also just help and serve in that way whenever you can. So yeah, being generous along the journey has been something that we've learned um, as we go. And I think, you know, my spreadsheet mind was here's how it's going to look over the next however many years to take to, to pay off our debt. But I had to be open to God saying, but you also need to live generously. You need mm. to live with open hands. You know, we when we talk about finances, we talk about living as if our life is a funnel versus a bucket. So mm. we're not holding all that God has given us for ourselves. Mm. Is that God has given us, we're just the stewards and the managers of what he has given us. And we listen to him and he wants to use those resources to reach his kingdom yeah. and the people around us. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, So to be able to live um, generously along the journey, I think is so key. Mm, I do too. Okay, so say I'm listening to this and I'm like, man, I want this, but I don't even know where to start. So if someone wants to start today making progress, what are the first few steps or even one step that they can do? What would it be? That's a great question. I feel like most people can get bogged down in the details Mm -hmm. of what does it look like to start. Overwhelmed. Right. Like you said, you felt at the beginning, this feels impossible. It does does feel impossible. When you look, when you start seeing a number on a piece of paper, Mm -hmm. when we're talking about paying off debt, I mean, there's nothing that will stop you in your tracks when you see multiple zeros behind Mm -hmm. (laughs) behind Mm -hmm. a number. I feel like for me, I sat down and made this huge spreadsheet and it was pretty, but that's how, that's just how my mind operates. Um, but what I realized was the spreadsheet does me no good if I can't take the next step. Mm-hmm. And if I'm looking at all the numbers and feeling like I, I don't, one, I don't know if this is possible. And two, I don't even know what that first step is. Um, when I meet with people, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time they come in and they really don't know what they're what they're spending, mm-hmm. um, what they're spending it on. When do their bills come in? Like when are the bills come in for the month? I just encourage people for the next 30 days is you just start writing down all you your take expenses. Take inventory. Yeah, just start writing down all your expenses. And that's something you can do like today. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know what time it is, but we're, we're about to meet lunch. Right. So the next expense, let's say you're at work and you go out to eat with your coworkers or you run through, drive through, whatever it is, that expense, you write it down. Mm-hmm. And so you can start with the very next expense that you have even today. Right. And by write it down, just write it on your just phone. Just write then it you down. Have it with you yeah. all the day. So when we, um, when we used to teach classes, we would give out those little flip um, notepad things mm-hmm. that I always think like when investigators used yeah. to like in the old movies. <laughs> yes. So we would give those out. And I know, like I said before, we're very old school about the envelope system, but we just stick to what works for us. Mm-hmm. But we would give those out, those little flip notebooks. And each, write the date, the top of each page, and you write down everything you spend that day um and that's how we started and were you surprised at some of the things like how do we spend (laughs) this much money on food so two things typically happen is one you get tired of writing it down so you stop spending Hmm. so you're like (laughs) do i really really need that coffee or no i'm gonna have to go write it down yeah or you know like you said put it in your phone and maybe it's just not worth it and secondly when you do become aware of what you're spending um you will make better decisions Hmm. and you'll think man I know for us, we the awareness piece, basically piece. Yeah. And it's hard to start a process with something until you are aware of what you're where you're even Mm -hmm. at. And so to to gather the information to make the best decisions Mm -hmm. um, is what that 
30 days does. So I would say 30 days for the next 30 days because that cycle gives you a chance to see when your bills are coming in. Mm-hmm. And usually over the 30 days, you'll get a good picture of what you're spending. Yeah, that's good. And so that's the first step. Okay. So the second step I always say is start giving somewhere. Giving. Even though that feels like Even though it oxymoron. feels like, yeah, it does because you're like, oh, but look at this debt or whatever it is that mm-hmm. we're trying to pay off. If I give this money away, then Mm -hmm. obviously I can't use it for what I think Mm -hmm. I need to be using it for. But giving creates that balance Mm -hmm. that I think that I know that I struggled with. with, But if that money could go to debt, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to let go of it. But God calls us to be givers. Mm -hmm. You know, he, like I said earlier, he doesn't want us to hold on to it for ourselves. You know, Mm -hmm. everything that we have is his. Everything in this world is his. It's all his. You know, if we don't view it as just ours and we view it as his, it's easier to give away. Right, right. Well, I think God knows. He knows our hearts. Yeah. And he knows that he doesn't need our money, but that our hearts are tied to our wallets. Exactly. And so, yeah, anytime that we can kind of loosen that chain, it's a step of freedom. Yeah. In fact, there was a quote about giving that I read not too long ago that I thought was so good that, and I'm going to have to read it so that I don't mess it up, but it said, giving is not God's way of raising money. It is God's way of raising people into the likeness of his son. That's good. And so, uh, yeah, so God uses giving to really transform us into the image of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And other people who get to receive some of those benefits. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that may be the only interaction they have with Jesus's love is Mm -hmm. through through you that day. Right. And whether that's you, you know, personally giving someone in need money, whether it's through a church, an organization, Mm -hmm. but... And of course, we as believers and Christians, you know, we love the body of Christ and believe that the local church is the hope of the world. And so even getting to give to our local body to empower people in our community Mm -hmm. is a huge and not only blessing for those people, but for us. So, yeah. Yeah. And giving is is, it's counter to selfishness. Mm -hmm. You know, it did take the focus off of us. So true. So those are the two steps that I, we always start with after we we ask the question, yeah, after we ask the question, what would you do if money wasn't a factor, then it's for the next 30 days, write down your expenses and then just find some place to give. Mm, I like that. That's good. Okay. Well, right now Thanksgiving is over. Christmas is here. And obviously we're talking about being wise with our finances as well as generous. But uh, when we throw in Christmas, that almost feels like, oh gosh, how can I do any of this, you know, with all these presents I need to buy and whatnot. So how can we carry this mindset with us into the holidays? How can we still cultivate a meaningful Christmas without breaking the bank? Um, Yeah. First of all, I can't believe it's Christmas. Uh, And yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I know I, I go into this season and we spend the next month overspending, overeating and overcommitting ourselves yeah. just, you know, time wise. Yeah. Um, and then we expect January to be like, oh, we got to fix it all in January. That's kind of yes. how I. That's funny. That's how I feel often. Is, <laughs> let's let let's it go. Just and hang then on fix until. It. Yeah. Just hang on until January. When it's not even well. about that. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I wonder if Jesus sometimes is just like, you guys, come on. Yeah. We, well, we place all these high expectations on ourselves, And so yeah. we're already busy people. And now we mm-hmm. add all this. All of it onto our plate. Um, and we wonder why we get stressed out. Yep. But, you know, the first place is really just praying about what does God want your Christmas to look like? Mm-hmm. And we set expectations for ourselves that are unreasonable. But when we look to him and allow him to set our vision mm-hmm. and his vision for what that looks like, I think that's when we can step back and realize that it's not about all the gifts and, right. and all the hustle and bustle and running around. So I think when we think about um, trying to at least 
manage our finances in a way that it is when it's a little bit of a crazier time. Mm-hmm. What I do is when I, first of all, we have to plan mm-hmm. um, or it's, it is going to be out of control. Yeah. So when I think about a budget for Christmas, I do a per person budget instead okay. of a whole, um, this is what we're going to spend for Christmas. Okay. So I just sit down and I make a list of everyone that I will be buying for and I put down what the budget is for the gift for that person. And then I total and see if it's reasonable. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Mm -hmm. So that tends to help me when I break it down into pieces of who I'm buying for. Mm -hmm. Another thing is to, there's always going to be the staff um, Christmas party gift or the teacher gift that I think sometimes that we forget to budget for. Yeah. Yeah. All the secret Um, Santa things sneak up on me. Right. And And I'm like, ah, Amazon. (laughs) So trying just to remember that there's more than just, um, the family's gifts or whatever it is. Um, And there's going to be increased food costs because we may be the ones cooking um, Mm -hmm. for those events that happen during Christmas. And Um, that's not to mention planning to be generous. Right. We want to bless this family. Or we, you know, I think sometimes we have to remember we can budget to be generous. We can plan to be generous ahead of time. Yeah. We have that in our budget. We Mm -hmm. have a category that says miscellaneous giving. So just when God prompts you, you Mm -hmm. don't feel like, but I can't because it's already there. Yeah. Because it's already there. So yeah. So budgeting for the unexpected. So the extra, there's going to be extra food costs, extra travel costs, and then those extra gifts that come along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that we do that's free in our house is when our kids are little, we don't buy them gifts. Yeah. Because they don't know. They have no idea. Yeah. We did the same thing, basically. We maybe did a book, but. Right. And because grandparents and your family, they're going to. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna get stuff from them. And they don't. They don't know. They don't know. Take advantage of it, yes. you mamas with littles. Just don't get them anything. Give them some love. That's it. <laughs> exactly. They just want the tissue paper. They do, and they do. And so with our third, and really we did this with our second too. When there's hand-me-downs, I keep some of the better toys in the attic for the next one. So I just go shop in the attic. So it's like good. last Christmas, the night before. Greg was like, do we have presents for Lucas? I was like, uh, no, but. He'll love these. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go up in the attic. We'll just stick them under the tree. And it's perfect. There you go. That's a good it's idea. Free. Yeah. So, and he doesn't know. It's a new toy to him. Yep. He thinks it's the best He's thing He's perfectly ever. happy. Yeah. Well, and I think experiences over stuff. Yeah. Is so important, you know, and typically um, we do the three gifts with the kids. Um, and so far they haven't been too outlandish. They are getting a little bit older. So that might change over the years Mm -hmm. to where they're wanting something technology or, and it's a bigger gift than it might not be the three, but that's what we've done so far. Mm -hmm. Um, and usually it's like a, you know, something they want and then maybe some clothes or shoes and then maybe a book or Mm -hmm. something like that. So, yeah, we do something similar. Um, we try to do three gifts for each child and, we bring in, you know, the wise men brought three gifts to Jesus. That's what we and say, so, too. You know, I'm like, hey, like, it works. Yeah. If Jesus doesn't need more than three gifts, right. then you don't either. You don't okay. either. Hey. <laughs> um, so one thing I did a couple of days ago when we were talking about experiences, everything's. So I thought, you know, I just want to ask our boys, tell me what you got for Christmas last year. And our middle son, Logan, he got a special gift. So he remembered. He was like, oh, you know, Mom, I got this one thing. And. And I, I expected him to say that because I knew that was a special gift for him. So I said, well, tell me what else, you know, what else? And, and our older older son, Cole, tell me what you got. And it turned into this conversation, just kind of vague, general, like, well, I got this one Lego set, but did I get that for Christmas or did I get that for my birthday? Then I asked them, tell me about what we did last Christmas. What are some of the, your most favorite things that we mm-hmm. did? And they immediately started telling me details about, oh, you know, we 
we decorate those gingerbread houses and it has the candy that when it falls off the table and it bounces on the floor, it goes everywhere. You know, all the details. <laughs> it does. Of, it does. It, it really goes does. everywhere. Yeah. And like, well, you know, when we drive around to go see the Christmas lights, we went to that one Christmas light display and they, they played that Star Wars song and it was so fun and there were so many cars and we had to get out to go see it because we couldn't see all the Christmas lights. And then details. Details. Yeah. All the details. And so it hit me. It's like the presents are fine. And they're going to expect presents. I mean, just that's part of Christmas. And I think that's that's to be expected. But what it taught me and showed me was that it was the experiences is what they were holding on to mm-hmm. and could tell me all the details about. Right. And those are the that's things good. that will last yeah. with them. And yeah, I think experiences over stuff is so good, not just for our own kids and our own families, but also, you know, we went and served under the bridge at one of our local missions partners, mm-hmm. you know, we took the kids last year and that's something that they remember and reference many times, you know, and they weren't getting anything out of it. And so, and again, I'm not saying that to say, Oh, we're so, you know, awesome. But I think, and I actually remember that night being a sacrifice for me, like we've so much to do, but we're going to go do this. And yeah. so, um, you know, it resets, not just their mind, it resets my mind exactly. too. Yeah. So, and just side note, you know, there's different conversations about, oh, we do Santa or we don't do Santa and all that, and we don't have to go into it. But I know one thing that we consistently say over and over throughout the Christmas season, when we're looking at lights or icing cookies or wrapping gifts, we ask our kids and ourselves, why are we doing this? And one way to bring it back, especially for kids or young kids, um, just to keep it simple, is that this is all part of a big party for Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, we celebrate our birthday so they can really resonate yeah. with that. When we come into the world and we celebrate his birthday even bigger because God sent him into the world to save us from our sins. And so that's a reoccurring conversation that we have throughout. So whenever we're doing all these things, it just, instead of overcomplicating it, mm-hmm. it just simplifies it right. to, yeah, the reason we hang up lights on our house is because uh, we want to remember that Jesus is the light of the world and this is his party and all yes. of that. So yeah. a, that's a simple so thing. So many opportunities that we have to really remind our kids mm-hmm. of really what everything is about. Yes. You yeah. Know, you know, it's yeah. just, we concentrate into those 30 days, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before we kind of wrap up, we want to know what resources have been helpful to you that you can pass on? Mm-hmm. What do you love? Well, um, two of our favorite financial resources, uh, Dave Ramsey yep. and Crown. Crown was the study that we did when we first okay. started when we were married. I don't um, know about Crown. Yeah, so it's um, it basically was our base in what we learned about finances. Um, over the years, we've taught Crown groups and we've taught um, Dave Ramsey groups. Cool. And just there's so many resources online. Yeah. Um, so those are two of my favorites. Um, a few of my favorite books on finances, Conquering Debt, God's Way by Bruce Ammons mm-hmm. is how we paid off our debt. We used his system, very similar to the other systems that you hear about with the debt snowball and how you create momentum and paying off. Very similar, but his plan or his approach just really resonated with us. And that's what we used. Fields of Gold by Andy Stanley. Mm-hmm. It's a book about generosity, and it was a book that I gave Greg when he went on a business trip. We were probably a year into our debt payoff and completely altered the way we gave. Mm-hmm. Um, so excellent book. Another giving book, The Blessed Life by Robert Morris, mm-hmm. is one of my favorites, too. Um, I, I want to throw in a homeschool resource for the homeschool mamas out there. Teaching from Rest by Sarah McKenzie mm-hmm. has been a great book for me, just to remind me that 
you know, the hard days um, are mostly because we place the stress on ourselves mm-hmm. and the expectations on ourselves. And really, um, if God's called you to homeschooling, that you're there to invest in your kids and just to ease up on yourself. That's so and good. So, it's a great book. My mother-in-law is an author, Jeannie Pinkston, Yay, and I want to give a shout out to her right. book. She writes Christian fiction. So good. So if you're looking for good that's Christian awesome. fiction, good Christian fiction, um, you can get her books on Amazon. Um, Bible study books, version, Plans mm-hmm. with Friends, mm-hmm. um, has completely revolutionized how we interact with our life group and just the friends in our life. We don't always get to see each other face to face. But you can but read scripture you together. You can read scripture together. And talk about it. And you can comment on what God's speaking to you and the struggles mm-hmm. that you're having. And don't and you think been... that sometimes things that might be hard to say in yes. a living room circle where you're discussing, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier sometimes yes. to write it out and at least for me and get it out that way. Yes. Yeah, it's been so good. I mean, just the accountability. I like to see the check mark on there and I like to go through. <laughs> so I'll click on to see who else has read, yeah. you know, that day. And I'm like, oh, good. You know, we're yes. all we're all on it. So I'm definitely driven by that. Um, the first five app by uh, the Proverbs 31 ministry, mm-hmm. Lisa Turkhurst. Yeah. Um, that is one of my very favorite Bible study apps. You can go through the entire Bible book by book. And there's also a friends option with that if you want to do it in a group. Mm-hmm. But it's excellent. Anything by Lisa Turkers is mm-hmm. my favorite. Her Unglued yes. book. Um, I read it when Cole was four because I was coming unglued a mm-hmm. lot. Who, who would have thought um, that a four-year-old could really tell you what push all your buttons. Mm-hmm. And I we're can. about to enter that again with our youngest. So I'm probably going to need to pull it back out and read it again. But it's so good. So Unglued, Uninvited, anything by her. Yes. I highly recommend. Um, and then my very favorite Bible study book that I have been working through recently it's called Seamless, Understanding the Bible is One Complete Story mm-hmm. by Angie Smith. It's such a pretty book. We're looking it at it right now. Pretty. I was looking at it. So it, it's one that's been on my list for a while that I've wanted to do. And I think I'm just going to bite the bullet and do it. You should. It is so good. And I have learned so much just about how scripture connects and the history, especially Old Testament history. Mm-hmm. It's been so good. It's my second time to go through it. And I highly, highly recommend it. Yay. And then obviously the Messy Table podcast is my favorite. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that just because you're sitting here. I mean, just the women that you've had on, I've learned so much. And Derek. Yeah, and, Derek. and Derek. All the women and Derek. <laughs> and Derek. Um, it really has been a blessing to me. And so I just want to thank you for hmm. doing this and for really following God's call. Well, thank you. Um, and then I'm just grateful, honestly, to the women who are willing to come on and share a piece of their story because I know that's not always easy and it can be kind of nerve wracking, but I consider it a gift and a privilege for sure. So thank you. Okay. Do you have one final word of encouragement you can leave us with? Well, you know, we talked about um, in John 10, 10, the last part of the verse where it says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I think all of this for me comes back to that's what Jesus wants for us. That's what God wants for us. You know, Jesus died on the cross for us and for us to be burdened by debt, our finances, um, it's just not what he has for us. And so I wanted to read in First Timothy at the very end, it's um, chapter six where Paul is talking to Timothy. Timothy um, is talking to a church in Ephesus. Mm -hmm. And so Paul is talking about money Mm -hmm. at the very end um, of this first letter to him and to Timothy. And so he's talking about being content and, you know, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he goes on and talks about generosity. But the very last part of verse 19, is my favorite and it comes back to what we've been talking about all of this he's telling to timothy 
um, but it comes down to so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Mm. So that's what I want to do, and that's what I encourage. You know, this today, today, let's take hold of the life that Jesus wants for us. The life that is truly life. That's good. Thank you for being here. You're awesome. And just love you and Greg, and we're so thankful for you. So thank you for sharing. Thanks for coming on. guys. Thank you so much. All right, guys, so much goodness today. Be sure and check out the conversation notes on my website at jenjewel.com for all of those links and resources mentioned. And also join my personal email list, like I mentioned before, so you know when our new five-day Bible plan is officially live on the YouVersion Bible app this coming Saturday, December 1st, and we'll be ready to read the Bible together. You can also subscribe to The Messy Table in iTunes, follow us on Instagram, and we just want to say a big thank you to those of you who have already left a review for us in iTunes. We read them all, and it seriously means more than you know and helps other women find encouragement. Well, as you start the holiday madness and go about your week, remember, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.